0: It was an unusually cold night in the Spanish city of Granada. A young boy named Shmuel was huddled in the shadows of a doorway trying to keep warm. His velvet coat lined with silk gave evidence of his belonging to a wealthy family, but it did not warm him very much. On this cold night, Shmuel was tired and hungry. All day he had been searching for his uncle, only to discover that his uncle had left the city for an unknown destination just the day before. Shmuel was all alone in this strange city and all alone in the whole wide world he had tried to be brave all day he did not cry and did not despair but now he felt he was becoming very miserable the events of the past few days returned to his mind he remembered that just a few days ago he had a happy luxurious home in the city of Cordova, with loving parents. Then came a dreadful day when a mob attacked the Jews, killed many of them, and burned their houses, Rachmanelitzlan. Shmuel Abinoam, for that was the boy's name, lost his parents that day. Many other Jews of Cordoba Died in that horrible pogrom also. Some kindly neighbors saved Shmuel from the flaming wreckage of his beautiful home. They were fleeing to Malaga. On the way, they left Shmuel in Granada to find his uncle Yitzchak Abinoam. Yitzhak Abinoam was a wealthy silk merchant. He himself had left Cordoba for Granada just a few days earlier when he sensed the brewing unrest he went ahead to explore the possibility of moving the entire abinoam family to granada so he was the only one of the abinoam family apart from shmuel who had escaped with his life tears rolled down the young boy's face as he shivered in the cold and remembered the horrors of the past few days and his lonely day-long search for his uncle. Suddenly, from a high window above the pink marble portico within which he was sheltering, he heard a melody so sweet and soothing, the likes of which he had not heard since his own mother had played the harp last, just a day before the sacking of Cordoba. Forgetting the cold, forgetting his worries and troubles, Shmuel rose up and stood as close to the window as a large iron fence would permit him. The melodious strains of the harp brought back the warmth and joyful happiness of the young boy's beautiful home. So enchanted was he that, when the music stopped, he implored the harpist to go on. More, please, he called to the window. And indeed, a few seconds later, the harp sounds returned, as did the memories of happier days. When the harp stopped, Shmuel begged the musician to play more. But this time... The window opened, and in the moonlight, Shmuel could see a woman's face peering down at him. A few minutes later, a servant opened the heavy door and brought Shmuel inside the house. Don't worry, said the servant. The lady wishes you to come to her room so you can hear the music better. So Shmuel Abinoinoam, the orphan boy from Cordoba, went with the servant into the strange palace, up a marble staircase, to the richly decorated salon of the musician. Shmuel's father had been a wealthy silk merchant, like his uncle, and the house in which he had grown up was luxuriously furnished, but compared to the precious materials the master craftsmanship, and the beauty and luxury of this palace, Shmuel's home seemed almost modest. He was awed by the splendor about him. The friendly face of a small, white-haired lady greeted him at the door to her salon and put him at ease. "'Welcome to my house,' she said. "'Come.' sit on this couch. The servant brought in a cup of hot milk which Shmuel drank eagerly. He hadn't eaten all day. No one had offered him anything while he was searching for his uncle. Shmuel was very grateful to the lady not just for playing so beautifully on the harp but because of her kindness. When she saw how quickly he drank the milk She had her servant bring more, along with bread, butter, and fruit. After the boy had eaten his fill, she asked him who he was and how he came to be near this house so late at night. The questions of his gracious hostess reminded Shmuel Abinoam of his misery, which he had forgotten for the moment. So, With tears in his eyes, he told the old lady his story. After he finished his tale, she said, Well, until you find your uncle, you may stay here with me, and you will want for nothing. I am a Jewish boy. I cannot eat what you eat. I will not pray to that which you pray to. My parents would never forgive me if I abandon the faith for which they died. Don't worry, Shmuel, answered the old lady. I am also Jewish. I will see to it that you will grow up the way your parents would have wanted. I am alone in this huge house. It will be good for me to have someone to care for and to teach to play the harp. Shmuel's eyes lit up when the kind lady mentioned that she would teach him to play such beautiful music. Happily, he went to sleep in a warm, soft bed in a private room that had been prepared for him by the old lady's servant. From the depths of his heart, he thanked HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who had come to his aid when he thought he was lost and alone. For the next few weeks, Shmuel and Donna Ezra, for that was the name of his gracious hostess, they searched for his uncle, Yitzhak Avinoam. But none of the many Jews who had fled to Granada from Cordoba seemed to know what had happened to him. There was a rumor that he had joined an expedition of ships to the Far East, where he hoped to find... New wealth and a new home for his family. So it was decided that for the time being, Shmuel would remain in the palace of Donna Ezra. She hired a rabbi to teach the young boy all that a Jew must know. She herself taught him how to play the harp. Shmuel made amazing progress. It seemed as if he had inherited from his beloved mother the gift to express himself in music. Hardly had Donna Ezra shown him the basics of strumming the strings of the harp when he began to create his own melodies. Soon, Donna Ezra was happy to tell him that there was nothing more she could teach him that he did not know already. She bought him a beautiful harp of his own, and together they would play until late in the evening. Shmuel did not neglect his studies. By the time he was 13 years old, he was quite a young Talmud who could easily compete with the very best of Granada's young noblemen. Then, suddenly, Donna Ezra's neshama went away from her guf, and Shmuel Abinoam was alone again. This time, however, he had a roof over his head, for Donna Ezra had left her palace and all of her wealth to him. The most precious thing he owned was the beautiful harp that she had purchased for him. In his studies and in his music, he found consolation for his new loss. Once, during those days of loneliness, Shmuel was playing his harp late into the night, pouring all of his longing and fervent hopes into the music. The window was open, and the strains of his sweet melodies reached the ears of another newcomer to Granada, just as had happened to the boy Shmuel a few years before. The newcomer, too, was originally from Cordoba, but he had spent the intervening years in Malaga, running a spice store. By a strange turn of events, Hashgacha Pratis had taken him from his spice store to the palace of Ibn Alarif, arif the Grand Vizier of King Habus of Granada. The vizier had recognized the wisdom and scholarship of the spice maker, whose name was Shmuel ibn Nagdela, and had appointed him to be the katif of the vizier. The vizier brought his Jewish secretary with him to Granada to assist in handling the diplomatic affairs of King Habus. Thus it happened that the Jewish refugee from Cordoba, who was soon destined to become one of the greatest of all Jewish leaders in Spain, the famous Rabbi Shmuel HaNagid, was that very night returning from a secret meeting in the palace of King Habus. The Jewish statesman was very worried. King Habus, the ruler of the Arab Empire in Spain, had been in a rage his favorite slave, Zulema, the only one who could soothe his nerves by the strains of her harp playing, had disappeared. Enemies of the Jews began to hint that the Jews had kidnapped her. Even Ibn al Arif, the vizier, had begun to believe these rumors. Rabbi Shmuel Hanagid suspected that the king's own son, The crown prince, Badis, had taken Zulema away and hidden her in order to make his father even more unwell and hasten his father's death. Rabbi Shmuel's suspicions had been confirmed that very night, but it was impossible to tell the king of this misdeed of his son so that he should return Zulema. Something had to be done to make King Habus forget about Zulema, Only a better harpist than she was could achieve this. So when Rabbi Shmuel ibn Nagdela heard Shmuel Abinoam playing the harp on that night in Granada, he became excited with the thought that a solution may now have been found. His hope was strengthened by the thought that it was Hashgacha Pratis, that instead of driving home in his carriage, he had decided to walk from the Alhambra, where the king lived, to his own home. He had walked through the streets of Granada, engrossed in his thoughts, when his attention was captured by the harp music. After knocking at the door, a servant opened and Rabbi Shmuel Nagdella asked whether he could see the harp player, despite the late hour. At first the servant was reluctant, but when he was told that it was of extreme importance, he admitted the stranger. Shmuel Noam was so engrossed in playing the harp that he did not see nor hear Rabbi Shmuel Nagdela come into the salon and sit down quietly in a corner. As Rabbi Shmuel Nagdela sat listening to the music, Shmuel Abinoam played a lullaby with which his mother had always ended her playing to him at night before he went to bed. Rabbi Shmuel Hanagid knew that no one but a member of his own Nagdela family could know this lullaby that was passed on from mother to daughter to play for her own children. Unable to control himself any longer, Rabbi Shmuel Nagdela stood up, went over to the boy and said, Are you not the son of my beloved cousin Rachel? Baruch Hashem, he has let me live to see you. Bewildered, Shmuel Abinah looked at this stranger. Then he realized that this unexpected visitor was none other than his father's study companion, the cousin of his dear mother. Shmuel Nagdela had heard of the sad end of his cousin and her family, but he had not known that their son Shmuel Abinom had survived. He was moved by the strange coincidence which had brought him here and by the mercy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who had protected the young boy until now under such circumstances young Shmuel heard how his mother's cousin, Rabbi Shmuel Nagdela, had found grace in the eyes of the king's vizier and how he was now taking an important part in the affairs of state in the royal palace of Granada for King Habus. Until now, that is, for he remembered the threat that hung over the Jewish community of this city Unless someone could be found to make King Habus forget about Zulema, he told the young boy what had really made him stop by the house, and the special mission that had brought him here. Shmuel Noam was only too happy to try to do what he could in this dangerous situation. So, a quickly summoned carriage brought the boy, his harp and his uncle Rabbi Shmuel Nagdela to the Alhambra. The windows of the royal suite were lit up, and the shadow of the king pacing back and forth was clearly visible. Every now and then, he would scream like a hurt animal in pain. His strong emotions were torturing him, not letting him sleep. Quietly, Below the window of the king's chamber, they set up the harp and Shmuel began to play. As the first sounds of the rich music rose through the clear night air and into the window of the king's room, his shadow stopped moving back and forth. Then, when the full melody poured forth from the harp, like the song of a nightingale in the stillness of the night. The window opened wide, and the king spoke. Please, go on, play more. The king's pained expression left his face, and gradually the peace and kindness, which characterized his features when the pains did not bother him, returned. From now on, said King Habus to Shmuel Abinoam, you will stay with me in the palace and share all that I possess. The king was very grateful to Rabbi Shmuel Nagdela, the kativ of his vizier, for having brought Shmuel Abinoam to him and he was deeply moved by his strange story. Instead of punishing the Jews for a crime which they never committed, he offered a haven to all those looking for refuge in those turbulent days. Young Shmuel Abinoam returned every evening to the home of his relative Rabbi Shmuel Nagdela, who soon became the vizier of King Habus when Ibn Alarif arif passed away. Under Shmuel Hanagid's wise reign, The kingdom of Granada flourished as never before, but at his side was always his nephew, Shmuel Abinoam, whose harp playing had saved the Jews.